welcome to On and Off the Pitch. Ah, the best laid plans always kind of mess up. Hello and welcome. I'm Rodney Cyrus. This is On and Off the Pitch. I can say I'm here. That's all I can say. I'm here. I've made it. A little bit later than normal, but I'm here. Uh, and I hope you are all well. Uh, so much to talk about. It's a mixed bag today in terms of content. Looking a little bit at the FAWS, or C, should I say. Got to get my WSLs in there. Uh, also, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, Harry Kane. We're going to talk a lot about Harry Kane. Uh, and Romelu Lukaku and a bit more. Okay, so before we get into all of that, I have... Um, well, we're going to talk about the, the the WSL expansion, what was mentioned a few weeks ago, the comments from the two of the top managers in the league, how that would pan out for them, what they thought and what that would mean for the fans, obviously what that would mean for uh, the league, but also what that would mean for those who are interested in the game beyond the WSL. So I, uh, following the last game between... Uh, Crystal Palace and London City Linus is caught up with um, their manager, shall I say London City Linus's manager, Mel Phillips, and asked the question about, you know, what were the thoughts in particular about the, the teams chasing Liverpool and there only being one spot for promotion. Um, and we're going to hear a little bit about this right now. Only one team can go up. What's your thoughts on that? Look, I think you've heard the, the comments of Emma Hayes and Gareth Taylor in, in recent uh, interviews that we'd love for the leagues to expand on both sides, and that's including the Women's Championship. I think it's deserving of uh, the National League to have a North and South team both go up when you look at Wolves and Ipswich and Southampton and all the others that have had success and the Sunderlands and Watfords who come into the league and have been competitive. So I think it's just a testament of the growth of the women's game right now. It's been booming over the past two, three years and, and probably five plus and um, yeah, we'd obviously love to see it where it's a situation where more than one go up and down on either side. Well, could I push you on a number? No. Wow. Uh, wasn't going to play any games with me at all, uh, Mel. I jest with the whole no. We did have a laugh at the end because it was a cheeky question. But it does demonstrate that there is an understanding, obviously, in terms of the WSL expansion, what that would mean for teams beyond the WSL, the championship and beyond the championship. And the teams in the championship are worthy of going up. It's something that I have said on this platform a number of times, that the WSL really does need to expand. It needs to grow. There needs to be some bold decisions by those who are governing the game. Uh, the league could go up to at least 16. What could they lose? They could have a capped no relegation for a season so that we can see what it looks like to see whether or not there's enough interest to see whether or not, it, whether or not the, the quality is there that will be sustained over a season. And then it would also ensure that the league kind of fills itself out instead of there being this mid break for an international, we'll talk about the Arnold Clark Cup later on, uh, which takes up some of the, the game time uh, where the league could actually be in in full full throttle, so there is that. So there is that. So it's it's good to hear um, managers from the FAWC, the Championship, talk about you know that there, there should be more than one team being promoted. It is 
not just about the fans talking about this and uh, calling for it because it's it's a common sense approach, really. It's a common sense approach about helping the game grow, uh, driving the viewers, if that's what people are talking about, those that are watching it at home, their interest, because not everyone will be able to go to a game, but also um, helping a league and a sport or a section within a particular sport that has been, for a better word, word handicapped. And I don't even like using that word, so I probably shouldn't have. Um, but held back, restricted um, from growing in the way that they that they could have done historically over many, many years. Many years. So there, there is that. So um, there's going to be a really interesting game coming up in the next um, in the next few days. It's the end of this week or the weekend. Um, game between um, London City Lionesses and Bristol. Uh, they're chasing in the pack behind Liverpool. And, you know, w, um, WSL uh, history in Bristol and, and, and Liverpool, two teams who could easily be back there, you know, and London City Lionesses could be there and Crystal Palace, etc. And Charlton. Um, it's, it's an area of growth which could happen, should happen. In, in all honesty, it really, it really, really should happen. Uh, but we are where we are. We are where we are. Um, um, a little bit more about, uh, well, I'll say uh, that later on, but we're going to go and talk about uh, old Harry Kane. Oh, he's worth every penny, that man. He's worth every penny. Uh, the Premier League uh, in the last round of games certainly threw up a nice set of results for those who were interested. Uh, when most people were expecting Manchester City, the procession to continue and everyone just throw rose petals before them. The good old Tottingham Hotspurs, um, Kai Bosch that, definitely put the skids on that. Uh, in terms of a result, and, and and made the league, the Premier League, uh, interesting. Along with other fixtures, of course, there were other games, but it made it interesting. Uh, Tottenham Hotspurs definitely um, put the fire under Manchester City in terms of uh, what um, they were hoping to get in terms of three points. Uh, Tottenham were a team committed to find a way to get the result, and they did get the result. They played very well. Uh, with a flat back five and four in midfield and uh, a striker. You would say a low block with a very quick uh, counter-attacking style, but it worked for them. And with that, with so many people talking about what happened with Hurricane, that was a Hurricane performance. Some have been calling like the best in the world. You know, Harry Kane is a good striker, he's a, but they were calling that performance the best in the world. I don't know if they even had that performance against Brighton, they would have said the same thing, but because it was Manchester City, it was the best in the world. And he's going to be worth every penny, every penny of the billions of pounds that people will talk about. Now, um, you know, when we talk about valuations, you know, you know, there will be a few Walso fans questioning that statement that players worth every penny, billions of pounds, millions of pounds. Uh, but, you know, the Walso fans, there are no games in Walso League at the moment, so they're probably busy. Stand down, Walso fans, stand down. 
watched it on Clark Car Chill. Uh, for Harry Kane, um, who is a really good striker, uh, a striker who failed to get his summer move to Manchester City last summer, he put on a performance which was sublime. Yeah, it had subtle touches, it had vision, he had an attacking threat, you know, it was what you called, or what you could call, uh, a look at me, Ma, or a, a look at me, Papa Pep, kind of performance. It was that good. This was the kind of performance a player is likely to demonstrate when a world-class manager has indicated they want you to join them. That's the kind of performance that people were talking about. That, that performance illustrated for some, highlighted for others, or kind of made it very clear for those who are not sure, that Manchester City's loss, it was Tottenham's gain for now. And even that for now is questionable because he's got a long time. He's still got two more years. Harry Kane is a footballer in a gilded cage of his own making, or his brother's making anyway. Um, again, he demonstrated quite clearly that he is much more than a fox in a box. He is a wily, he is a cunning, he is cute, he is clinical, striker, stroke midfield player, stroke footballer extraordinaire. His positional awareness was phenomenal. A Jose phrase, respect. Uh, his ability to find the right pass, phenomenal. His ability to find space against the Manchester City team, beautiful. His ability to get on the end of crosses, outstanding. I told you it's a Jose thing. I love Jose. Jose, respect. Um, and I know it's gushing stuff about Harry Kane. It's gushing. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, you're talking about Harry Kane. Oh, but it's, when you see a performance like that, some say it was the best in the world, you know, you just, you have to gush a little bit. And I haven't talked about your favourite striker. Don't worry. It's not about them today. We all love strikers, right? But it's Harry Kane. It's Harry Kane. And, um, you know, he's, and, 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 but Harry Kane is in a very different position in terms of other strikers and, and, and where he is right now. Most clubs will do anything to keep a player happy. And, uh, and if, and if the player is not happy, then that player goes or they are made to feel uncomfortable and they leave eventually, you know. But Kane's situation, or Mr. Harry Kane, his situation at Tottenham is very, well, you know, very delicate. As I've said already, he's living in a gilded cage. Yeah, he's one of their own, trapped by a contract of his own making. I never quite understood after Bosman why players signed five-year contracts. Can you travel? A 12-month rolling contract would be like, fine. I never understood. Um, but Harry Kane, okay, back on his game. Everyone knows that he wanted to leave. Sky interviewed that he wanted to leave. Didn't play very well at the beginning of the season. Everyone knew that he wanted to leave. Spurs fans were like, oh, you can go. We don't want him here. They wanted him gone. Get the money in. We'll get people, you know, charge them 300 million, a billion, whatever. Get, get rid of him. 
But, you know, in terms of Harry Kane wanting to leave, when you have a thought, like when you go shopping and you think, you know, I, I could do with a bit of chocolate, and you walk around and you see chocolate and you think, ooh, I'd like a bit of chocolate, and you don't get chocolate. When you don't buy the chocolate, the thought that you actually wanted the chocolate doesn't leave you because you had the thought. So when you're a player and you say, I want to leave, and you publicly go and do an interview saying, I'm looking to leave, and it doesn't happen, just because you're playing well now doesn't mean that you don't still want to leave or that the initial thought that you had has gone. Because once you think of something, you can't unthink it, you can't unsay it. You know, it's it's not, this isn't a Prozac moment. It's real. It's like, you know, it was said, it's evidence. And I'm sure his emotional state was a heavy, it's quite heavy at the beginning of the season. You know, but in terms of the last weekend, in terms of the game that everyone talked about, Harry Kane put on a dazzling performance in front of Pep. That was probably, as much as everyone's talking about Spurs, in front of Pep. Who will no doubt, right, be cursing, spending all that money on Grealish and his Alice bands. Because not getting the same return. And it's all about return in football, regardless of what, it's about what happens on the pitch. And because Manchester City didn't want to pay the price in a COVID hit market, they didn't get the guy who scores the goals. And they went out and they purchased the guy who gets free kicks. Not the same kind of return. Not the same kind of return, but around about the same ballpark in figures. Um, but this is a simple and honest assessment for myself. That the people in football who make these claims about he's worth every penny, four million, or not four, 400 million, I think only he was four million, could you imagine? Uh, 400 million, 500 million, billion. It's, it's, it just it demonstrates how far removed the world of football is from the rest of planet Earth, let alone the real world. Let's just leave it there. You know, so far removed, it kicks a ball. I wouldn't mind if a footballer cured cancer. You know, or found a way to end poverty. And for that, please say thank you to Marcus Rashford, all right, for now. Because uh, you'll be needed again in the summer because, you know, austerity kicking in, you know. Uh, or if a footballer found a way to end hate or to end abuse or to end sexual misconduct within football and beyond by individuals who kick a ball, wouldn't mind if they said any of that. But because he played the game, they're going to say he's worth that amount of money and I'm always struggling. As much as I love the game, and I do love the game, always struggling to work out how people put these Stupid valuations on people who kick a ball. Yeah. Uh, and then only, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, and, and it's such an outlandish sum of money that you can place around someone's neck that they then believe it and people around them believe it and say, yeah, you're worth that amount. You know, if Harry Kane was worth that, then so many million. And I know, I know, you know what I mean? It's like that. It's, yeah, he's got a, you know, I said like, but, you know, then if he's worth that amount, then he, that other guy's worth this amount. They play football. And I love football. But I love it. I do absolutely love it. But the, the outlandish 
valuations for a player to go to another club after COVID. Just, oh, when no one says they've got money, when people are busting their ass to pay bills, people are walking around their home wearing their own coat because they haven't got heating. How people are going to find the money to go and watch football and then still talk about how a player should be paid that amount of money or be what I just don't understand. It's not that football is its own world. It's on a separate planet. It's like someone putting stardust on an air pie and just flying around and saying, would you like a slice? But it was a very good performance. Don't get me wrong. I'm just being, you know, I'm not, I'm going the other, I'm going the other way. I'm going the other way. And because there are individuals in football, around football, who are desperately in need of football because it is their be-all and end-all, it is their, their centre, don't be surprised if clubs start to spend the money that they haven't got. And then don't be surprised that season tickets go up. You know, don't be surprised. Um, you know, just wait until that new third kit with the Flamingo green drops. You know what I mean? Then we will have the money. And that's a sarcasm alert. Because we're asking clubs who say they haven't got any money to spend money on players who are overvalued to a ridiculous amount. And everyone going, you've got to spend the money. Where's the money coming from? I'm going to go and buy that shit third kit to help them buy this player. Seriously. It's just like, oh. We are so ingrained in the cycle of hyperbole. Uh, in, in, in essence, right, when you look at football, and I love football. Have I told you that I love football? That football is the real matrix within real life. You know, everyone's talking about, oh, they went to watch the film and it's like Neo flying around and stuck in traffic and whatever. You know, football is its own matrix where, you know, they have owners they don't like, the owners don't spend money, they keep saying spend the money, then the owners spend the money, then they make a kit and people say they don't like the owners, then go and buy the kit and it's like the matrix. It's like, a, you know, tick, repeat, season in, season out. It's like we have forgotten a very simple thing. We've forgotten what football was, you know, when it, what was it that pulled people into watch football in the beginning? What was it? It wasn't valuation of players. It wasn't kit colours. It wasn't whether, it wasn't about, you know, football man. It just, there was something organic at the heart of football that pulled people in. I don't, what was it? You know, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it is really for now to, to today's generation because I grew up at a time when there was, I suppose, what you call real poverty. It was even probably worse than today. And people had nothing. They had nothing. We didn't even know what players were being paid. There was nothing. You just about had TV, you know, and it was just the spectacle of football and you wanted to play football, you know. What was it? Long gone are the days where we used to tease one another about how poor our parents were and then play football. I miss those days. I truly, truly miss those days. But in terms of Harry Kane, is he worth a million, billion, 20 million? Is he worth that amount? No. He's a footballer. He plays football. And we just need to be realistic about that and just enjoy the game for what it is because hard times are coming, people. They're coming. Next, Lukaku.
Oh, Lukaku. Mm. In football, it's strange, right? Again, another striker, lots of money. Team spent loads of money on him. All the talk. How many touches he had? Less than 10 touches in a game. Criminal. Criminal. How can that happen? In my humble opinion, he should never have come back. He should have stayed away from the Premier League. He should have stayed away from Chelsea. Sometimes you have to realise that it's not going to work, regardless of the valuation, regardless of what people say. If you're playing football well and you're being loved, stay where you are. Stay where you are. Unless you want to go back there. Unless. And when you go, you have to deal with what happens. Now, I have this theory about the Premier League. When you enter it for the first time as an entity within the entity of the matrix of the Premier League, you are loved. No matter where you are, whether you're coming in as an apprentice, whether you're coming in as a you know a player from the European soil, if you're coming in as a European-based manager for the first time, you know, Jose was loved, Benitez was loved, Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, Ranieri was loved. All of these managers loved in the first time. They come in and they're loved. Everyone just waxes lyrical about them. Same with players. Pogba was loved, you know, loved, really loved. Cantona was probably loved at Leeds. Probably. Um, but you know what I mean. And I think you get only so many chances in the league if you move from club to club as a player, if you move from club to club as a manager, before the the beasts as they are, and I say beasts in a comical sense because they're kind of cuddly, the media, uh, before it all goes wrong. Uh, Lukaku was at Chelsea, went out on loan, went to West Brom, came back to Chelsea, went out again to Everton. There's three clubs. In, in the UK, two in the Premier League. Remember what I said? You only get you only get a good time once. And then he goes to Manchester United and then the shit really starts to hit the fan. People are analysing his touch, they're analysing his movement, everything. He doesn't do enough. He said he's away. And then he leaves and he goes to Italy, he goes to Inter Milan. He's got a hard-working manager who takes no nonsense, just asks the Spurs players. He wants excellence at all time, but he gets the best out of Romelu Lukaku. He scores a hat full of goals. He's on the up. He's looking lean. He's looking trim. His awareness is a threat to goal. He's, he's, he brings them the title. Him and his teammates, they bring them the title. And then there's the allure of coming back to Chelsea and then it just doesn't go to plan. And this is the total contrast to Harry Kane, who had the best performance in the world. Romelu Lukaku, less than 10 touches in a game. Less than 10 touches in 90 minutes of football. It's, it's, I mean, it's uh, it, in just saying it out loud is impossible. It's almost like a mathematical mathematical quiz that you think that's impossible. How do you only touch the ball seven times? I had you like tied up in the boot somewhere. It's just crazy, crazy. Um, then you get the post-match comments from the manager, not a time to laugh, which then is kind of pulled apart in the headlines. Um, no time to laugh at the, at, at, at Romelu, which is going to kind of go and hurt his, his, his confidence, if his confidence is already suffering. But analytically, 
Romelu Lukaku is playing in a team that they don't play the ball forward quickly. Uh, they don't pass the ball early. They don't pass to him. Even when he's clear, he has he is the option is to pass the ball and everyone is meant to be extremely gifted in the Premier League in terms of passing ability because they have nothing else to do but train and play football. And he's not getting the ball. And you can say that he can make all the runs in the world, but if you make the run and you don't get the ball, that means they're not passing to you. Now, let's be honest. They did the same to Werner. You know, Werner was bought in for a lot of money and he's not playing well because he can't get the, into the rhythm. He's been there nearly two years. He still can't get into the rhythm. So it's, it's a bit about Romelu Lukaku. Maybe his positional play, maybe his awareness. You can say all of these things. Maybe his willingness to make the run, but then also the fact that his teammates are not trying to pass him the ball, even when they can pass him the ball. You see, it, the evidence is there. The video's there. You just watch the game and you think, that's a straightforward 10-yard pass. Oh, he's gone... Sideways. Oh, right. Okay. Cool. So in terms of Lukaku, yeah, it's not going great. He's not having a great time. And, and hence the interview some months ago. Hence the interview. He kind of sensed back then. So in my opinion, he should never have returned. Chelsea, twice. Manchester United. West Brom. You can only have so many goals in the Premier League as a player. You know, and people start to judge you on what you don't do. You know, as much and 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 I say with with Romelu that it happens with every single player. If they go to certain clubs, it don't work. You think you, you need to bail. Go to go back to mainland Europe and play your football and be loved. And and that's what might just happen, or it, otherwise he will be like Harry Kane, a highly paid footballer in a gilded cage. Unable to escape the difficulties in a team that aren't passing the ball to him. And that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Sometimes you just got to go where you got to go. Okay, Premier League roundup. Uh, a lot of games because there's no well, there were no Welso games for me. There's all this Arnold Clark Cup. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, last round of games, interesting results. West Ham won, Newcastle won. I think Newcastle are staying up. Arsenal 2, Brentford won. Arsenal will be happy about that, Arsenal fans. Brighton, bad day on the rocks. Burnley 3. Woo! Damn, that must have hurt. Um, Southampton uh, 2, um, Everton nil. Now, I'm going to say this about Everton. Me and my friends have a little bit of a joke. You know, we actually say sometimes that Everton is the place where players go to die. And I know it's it's horrible because Everton, like the Everton I remember growing up, you know, they were a serious team, you know, winners. But yeah, how many managers they're going to go through? I think Frank Lampard realises that this bunch of players, how long will it take? Two, three games before, you know, you start saying the players aren't doing well enough? We'll see. Uh, Aston Villa nil, Watford one. Boom, Watford, you get a, you get a win. Uh, Crystal Palace zero, Chelsea one. We've talked about Mr. Lukaku uh, and uh, Manchester City two, Tottenham. Wow, what an ending! What a way to win the game. Three really good performance. Um, I'm, I'm sure Spurs fans are actually enjoying the purchase of Hoybier now. 
and seeing his application uh, kind of uh, kind of run through the team in terms of how everyone else is playing. He's definitely a Conte player. You see why Jose brought him for Spurs. Uh, and Liverpool 3, Norwich 1. The Premier League is looking very, very tasty. Only a six points a gap in it. Ooh, what's going to happen? I'm so interested. So, so interested. Who knows what's going to happen? Right, uh, we've got to talk a little bit about uh, the Arnold Clark Cup. Right, um, I'll be honest with you. I paid this competition very little interest. Uh, and not because I don't want to. I've just been busy with work. And I caught 30 minutes of the second half um, of Spain versus England. Um, quick question. Everyone, they were calling England, not lionesses. Um, I was very confused. I did put something out on Twitter, but I didn't get any kind of like feedback. Not sure if that's going to be a long-term change or... Is that going to be something else? Not sure. Um, but anyway, it, uh, the 30 minutes that I saw looked really good. Spain handled the conditions very well, considering uh, it was, um, you know, Eunice had not been, had, had, had literally uh, not been too far away. Uh, great debut uh, for Hampton in goal for England. Everyone's praising her, young player. Uh, what I did see is that, you know, certain player, uh, well, let's just say there was no Ebony Salmon. Same age as Hampton, but no love. That's all I'm going to say. Say the same, the same age as Hampton, but no love. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, right. Uh, away from that, yeah, like I said, I haven't paid it much attention, but it's happening. And I believe people are talking about uh, attendances. Go figure. Um, you know, there aren't that many, there aren't that many people trying to get to Norwich to watch a game. As much as Norwich may be a nice place, I just, I know, um, doing a bit to spread around. But you know, conditions as well, cost, travel, etc. One of those things. Uh, away from that. Uh, FAWC news. There's a game coming up this weekend. I told you, uh, London City Lionesses host Bristol City. Rearranged fixture from before. Um, key players um, for Bristol: uh, Mel Johnson and, and Harrison. Uh, Bristol City are on 26 points. They sit fourth in the league. And for London City Lionesses, uh, key players for them: Rogers and Fleming. Called it. Uh, I'm not saying who might win, but it's going to be a Damn good game. Uh, London City Lionesses sit second and they have 28 points. It's going to be tasty. It's going to be tasty. That is for sure. Um, that is it. A quick, swift roundup. Slightly later, but here nonetheless. Um, this is uh, on and off the pitch. I am Rodney Cyrus. Check in. Am I Rodney Cyrus? I am Rodney Cyrus. Uh, you can follow wherever you are. And uh, hi to those people in Thailand. Nice. Uh, until next time, laters.